Lord, I pray that you minister to each and every person here tonight by your Spirit. We give you free course to have your way. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. And so, Lord, we give the Holy Spirit a right to, to, to move, to speak, to, to manifest, to, to convict, to teach all the things that you do well. Lord, we give you place to move in our hearts and move in this, in this church service tonight. Thank you for having your way now in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord is so good. I just really sense the presence of God in the house tonight. I'm glad I came to church. Amen. I'm glad I'm not alone, too. John 14 and verse 21 is what we've been reading for the last 11 weeks or so. John 14, 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The Lord responds to our love for him, doesn't he? Our love is shown through obedience, and then his love is shown through manifestation of himself. What a tragedy to live life not really aware of God. I don't know about you, but I've gone through periods like that. Not that I just didn't believe in God anymore. I've never disavowed His existence or, you know, or really, you know, presence in my life, but where He didn't seem as, as real. It, he was less, I don't know, even, even tangible. Uh, it just seemed like, yeah, I believe He's there, but it wasn't a reality as far as He's in my every thought. And I know he's there, and I know I can access him at a moment's notice. I know he'll be there to protect and to provide and to do anything at the drop of a hat. Know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Maybe some are there where it seems like, even though it's not scripturally accurate, it seems like he's distant. It seems like spiritual realities are not a reality in your life. But I tell you what, when we are seeking Him and, and putting His ways as a priority in our lives where we desire to obey and we're showing Him our love by obedience of what He says, that's when He comes in and says, Hi, here I am. I'm the Lord and I believe this, these things are going to increase more and more. I think God can be so real to you and to me that we can hardly stand it. And we'll look back at times when, when we weren't really just walking in that place and we'll wonder, why were we so dull? <laughs> uh, because the reality of God is, in fact, truth. And this needs to be so strong in us and can be more and more. And as we head this way, as we keep looking this, this way, remember the scripture said, Jesus taught us, seek and you will find find what, what are you seeking after well that's what you're going to find okay now there's got to be substance to it all right if I'm looking for a, a moon made of green cheese <laughs> well I'm not going to find that because there's no substance to what I'm seeking there's no uh, I'm not basing what I'm seeking in reality and uh, in one sense people can seek things that aren't there and they'll they'll be self-deluded to believe they are that can happen and deception can set in. But if you and I are legitimately going after something that's there, <laughs> something that is a reality, principles from the Word of God tell us that we're going to find it. Okay? And if you can find something that God did in here and you're going to go after it, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Say, but I, I've tried, I haven't. Keep going. We never quit. We keep looking. We keep seeking. Like a, you know, like a, uh, what do you call those puzzles with all the letters jumbled up? A word search. How I many know sometimes you can stare at that and think, that word is not in there. And you, you know, a good complicated big one. Uh, <laughs> it is not in there. But the more you stare at it, if you stare at it long enough, and you keep looking for that word, eventually what happens? You find it because it is there. I believe there's a whole lot of things that are there 
that we haven't seen yet. And what is God looking for? Someone who will go after it. Someone who will keep looking at it. You ever read a scripture a hundred million times? <laughs> you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But you knew there's something else there. And the more you read it, the more you read it, the more you read it, the more you... Finally, well, there it is. You saw it. And there's... You know, I've seen some things even in the last year, last two years, some things that altered the way I thought about certain subjects, certain spiritual issues. And I looked at them before. But I just didn't see everything. And I know for certain there's things that I'm reading now. I'm not seeing it all yet. But this should be a continual uh, mode that we should all walk in. I'm continually looking. I'm looking for more. I'm happy about what I have, but at the same time, a little bit of dissatisfaction because I know there's more to see, and I'm going to see it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to look a little harder. I'm going to keep looking, not just harder in my own strength, but I'm believing God that as I seek, I find. What do I mean? As I seek, I believe He's going to reveal. He's going to open it up to me. Amen. And everything that the Lord shows us, so valuable it is. Praise God. Are you looking for something? You ought to be. Yeah. If, if you know everything, if you've seen it all and know it all, then I guess you're good. But if you don't see it all, if you don't know it all, then you're with the rest of us, and let's keep looking. Okay? Let's keep looking. Not acting like we don't know anything, but acting like what we have is good, and therefore we want some more. Can you say refill? <laughs> Man, that was good. I, I, I'm going to get myself another one. <laughs> that was so good. Man, that cookies and cream. <laughs> I think I'm going to get myself another one. And, and, and whenever we experience God and see something, He reveals something to us. Man, that was good. What should be our response? Give me some more. Give me, I want to have some more of that. <laughs> Fill me up again, Lord. And how many know that's scriptural? Yeah. Refillings are scriptural. You know, you can take the position, and this is true, that we have all of God. I mean, you don't, when you were filled with Him, you didn't just get an arm or a leg. You, can, you know, you have all of Him. But it's also true at the same time that those in the Bible were filled, say, on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2. They received a refilling in Acts chapter 4. And Ephesians chapter 5 tells us to be continually filled, be, being filled with the Spirit. Okay? And so is there more? Yeah, it's not a denial and acting like we're not complete in Him or we don't have all things in Christ. Not saying that at all. But there's a continual revealing of Him. There's a continual refilling of Him, uh, of the Spirit in our lives. And if it's there, if I go after it, I'm going to get it. If we're talking about something that's not a reality, that I have no basis for in the book, then I'm just, you know, I'm getting my hopes up for nothing. But if I can find something in here that God moved some way, He promised me a particular thing, He said I could have this, and I go after that, there is no doubt I'm going to get it. And it is sometimes a little bit of bulldog determination that says, bless God, and not with a bad attitude, with a, a heart of faith, says, I am going to have what God has offered and listen, can I tell you this? If God has done something in another person's life, He'll do it for you and He'll do it for me. Now, what I'm not talking about, there are calls of God. Just because someone else might be called to be a prophet doesn't mean I can say, I want that call too. No, those things I'm not seeking after. But when God moves in a particular way in some, in some places, I say, that's fair game. I'm going for that too. Yeah, if you tell me the Lord moved in your life and it was really wonderful, good. I'm glad you told me. Now I got something else to go for. Because I'm going to keep looking for that. Huh? And it, how long you can look till I get it? Keep my eyes open. Keep believing God so I can experience that and I'll probably outdo you. Probably have a little bit more. <laughs> and then I'll tell you about it, give you something to go for. You know, we just keep going. Keep pursuing. More, more, more. Amen. The Lord is so good. Well, uh, last time we were, we were talking a little bit, and I want to say, say a few more things about this and then read some other scriptures. Uh, praise God. 
uh, we were talking about, about living in holiness, remember? And how we, uh, we create an, really an environment for God to move when we acknowledge him, His things as holy and we endeavor to live our lives that way. We've been created in righteousness and true holiness. In Christ we are. But as far as the practicality of that, I really should have a desire to live right and to honor and uh, take, take as very important what the Lord has said about my manner of life. Okay, and so living holy is not so much what some have made it completely external and, uh, you know, made it all about uh, the way someone dresses and all that kind of stuff. And that's really not the root of holiness. It comes from the heart. You know, I heard that years ago they used to call some preachers clothesline preachers. <laughs> because, uh, be, because basically almost every time they got up they wanted to talk about uh, something would come out about uh, women's dress. It was just a little soapbox they got on how women, the women weren't dressing right. And, and, uh, and that's not what we're talking about when, we, when we're getting into holiness. Uh, uh, it, it's, a, it's a heart issue that we should be aware of. And we said some about this before, but look at a couple more scriptures uh, today. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And then also 2 Timothy chapter 2. You, you remember we ended, we were talking just, just briefly about um about esau remember jacob and esau twin brothers and esau had sold his birthright uh to his brother because he was hungry and the lord did not look on that with a with a pleasing eye uh esau was not commended for that for in the least bit but he was called actually profane very unholy no affinity towards God. He didn't, he didn't respect the things that God said is important. And that was one of those issues. And he was super hungry. So he gave, he gave what was very important and very highly esteemed. He gave it away. And we should, we should always make sure we're not giving up things eternal for things temporary. We're not giving up what the Lord says is right and honorable and holy and important to him for some natural short-term benefit. Like in his case, he was hungry, give me some food, and he's willing to give up something very important for that. And we need to recognize that when God calls something holy, we must also call it holy. Now Romans 6 and verse 19 says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. What This is something we are to do now. He's writing to believers and he says, I want you to present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. You see, in reality, we're doing one or the other. I'm either offering my members as, uh, as a slave to sin or I'm offering it as a slave to righteousness, okay? Not really a whole lot of neutral ground. I know sometimes people feel like they're just living their own life and I'm, they're, they're, you know, coming up with their own ideas and their own thoughts and they want to be, you know, unique and uh, self-identified. This is who I am and they think they've created their own self and, and how many know that so often that's not the case? They think, man, I've come up with this way that I am, and I'm independent. I'm just, it's all, and they don't realize there's a whole spirit realm out there. Sometimes when, 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 when uh, young people are, are trying to be real, uh, identify themselves in, in something, and they think, I, I know I'm kind of bucking against the system, what's expected of me. This is who I am. They don't realize there was an ugly, hairy demon whispering in their ear and telling them who they are. And they thought, I'm free. I'm doing things my own way. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not following anybody's rules. And yes, you are. You're a slave to sin. Yes, you are. There's a little, 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 there's a little imp sitting there talking to you about being rebellious, and you're submitting. And you feel like, you know, I, I'm being my own person here. Well, no, you're not. Okay? We're either being slaves to righteousness. In other words, we're submitting to the Lord or we're listening to some other voices. There are many voices out there. Amen. For, for me to just claim that everything I am originated with me. Every thought I have, every, <laughs> every quirk in my personality, it all originated with me. No, it didn't. 
No, I'm influenced. You're influenced by people. And thank God I'm endeavoring to be heavily influenced by the Spirit of God. And I'm endeavoring to be influenced by godly people. Yeah, live, living right. But I shouldn't ever think that uh, I'm just all on my own. You know, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that is trying to take us down. And where are we going to find our identity? Who, who am I going to base my, the reality of who I am in? Okay, and if, not, if I'm not getting it from the author of my salvation, if I'm not getting it from the Lord Jesus, okay, then it's coming from the wrong source. Amen. Let's find ourselves in here and identify there and say, this is who I am. And if it doesn't all match up, I'm changing. That's a humble attitude, right? Okay. And so we are to present our members as slaves of righteousness for what? For holiness. For holiness. God wants you to be holy. And you are in Christ, but then the outward actions, our thoughts, our everything we do must be. Now, I told you also, 2 Timothy chapter 2. How many are there? Verse 19, 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. Are you His? The Lord knows it. Uh, and he said, Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So listen, is it possible for someone to name the name of Christ and yet be tangled up in iniquity? It is. Otherwise, we wouldn't have to be told. If you name the name of Christ, quit it. <laughs> depart from iniquity. Don't make iniquity depart from you. You leave it. Get away from iniquity. If you're going to carry his name, you got the bumper sticker and the t-shirt leave some of that stuff that's the word of the Lord to us he said but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood and clay some for honor some for dishonor you see it's unfortunate sometimes when when people will read a scripture like that and stop and immediately identify with wood and clay in other words dishonorable things and they say well you know I know the Lord shines some people up really nice and, uh, uh, you know, makes them really, uh, they're, they're set up, they're really important. He gives them lots of gifts, lots of prominence, and He really blesses some people. And others, like myself, I'm just glad I'm in the house. You know, I'm off in a corner. The Lord really doesn't want me to do anything special or, or, or bless bless me and they take a scripture like this and say well see the bible says some are for honor some are for dishonor i'm just one of them at least i'm in the house but i'm one of those dishonorable people well it's not supposed to be that way is it thank god for the next verse if you're ever confused read the next verse it might be the answer he said therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the latter if who does it? If anyone. That means any person can choose and by an act of their will, they can cleanse themselves from the latter. In other words, those things that are dishonorable. Things of dishonor, the wood and the clay. If you go up further, he talks about departing from iniquity. If we cleanse ourselves from that stuff. Lost my place. Uh, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Is there anything I can do to make myself more honorable? Yes, and it's up to me. Is there anything I can do to make myself more useful for the master? Well, Absolutely. Again, simply cleansing ourselves. We're talking about honoring what God says and living in holiness. Okay. But you can see here that some are more useful to the master than others. Some are better equipped, more prepared for God to use them. Not because of God's choosing, because of their response to his commands. Whatever he says. 
we do that in so we're showing love for him and we're being prepared for his use we're no longer the swine that doesn't get the pearl we're no longer the dog that doesn't get the holy thing you know what I'm talking about here we're basically setting ourselves up to receive precious things from the Lord and I tell you what a lot of receiving what's precious and value valuable from the Lord is having God move through you to reach another person there is no gift you know other than maybe salvation but there is no thing that God can give you that outdoes him using you when we really get close to him you recognize the extreme value and incredible blessing in being a vessel that he flows through this ought to be come on we're talking with the this is Wednesday night crowd right not not talking to those Sunday people (laughs) this this is cream of the crop spring break in church this ought to be the people we ought to have this as a very top priority in our lives I'm just not thinking what can I get it is very very important to me that I am a vessel that he can move through I really really desire for God to touch somebody else and in that I know that I must be touched that I must receive I must have my eyes open I must have a walk with God that is second to none. You know what I'm talking about. I must be in that. But it is not just in the end so I can say, woo, I've got it. Huh? It is with the end result that I am a vessel and someone else is going to experience the glory of God because of the touch of God in my life. And if that is our desire, and that is, that is our, what we're seeking after, I tell you what, we are on our way to being fit for the master's use. We are, we are on our way because we have the heart of God. That's what he's all about. Jesus came to lay his life down for us. Amen. And so we can be useful. But again, there, this is more or less depending on our response to him, useful for the master and prepared for every good work. Now, throughout history, church history, so we're talking about the last 2,000 years roughly, there have been moves of God's spirit at different times in different places and it, we're talking about the glory of God. We've mentioned some of these things early on, some different Bible examples of how, how God moved and how he sh- showed himself and, and people would see things and, and uh, there would be just special manifestations of God's spirit. And in reading and studying at different times in my life, uh, things that have happened centuries ago and all the way back to course we got this for the early the early church there right after the resurrection of the Lord in the first while there but then even out beyond where where the book of Acts covers you can read about all kinds of things God has been moving throughout the last couple thousand years and at different times it was more magnified than others and a lot of that it's you know it's about people's response to what he did what he's done anyone at any period of time can take his word and believe it and God will God will move on that doesn't Jeremiah tell us tell us that prophesied the Lord uh, how God watches over his word to perform it he's he's a performer he's looking for something to act on someone to believe him someone to step out in faith so he can move his eyes run to and fro don't they cross the whole earth looking for those who have a heart that's loyal to him and and God's always looking for someone to move through he's not idle he's not just sitting back thinking okay one of these days we'll wrap this all up God loves people and wants to move Uh, but throughout uh, many years there have been different moves of the Spirit of God we've had some things in in this church and I believe they're only going to increase more and more 
But God has always done some, some things, and it's when people respond to Him. It's when people pray. It's when people step out in faith, and, uh, and they, do, they do their part. But uh, in reading about some of the things that happened, because, you know, this stuff, you're not going to read about it in the Statesman, and uh, you're not going to uh, hear about it on CNN or anything else. But uh, even going back years and years ago, sometimes hundreds of years ago, and uh, there were times when um, God would move and different meetings would happen. Preachers would get, uh, be anointed by God's Spirit and uh, times when they'd get up and start preaching and people would just start dropping like flies. Just start falling out. Thump, 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 thump. And, And I like to look at some of these things just because Hey, what God did before, one person said, that's, it's a prophecy that he's going to do it again. And I like, to look, I like to say, what can I be looking for? What can, what can I kind of be expecting? And sometimes, here's where we've got to be ready. Because sometimes there are things that can be hard to stomach. What I say by that, what I mean by that when I say that, there are times when God's Spirit is having His way and we are cooperating with Him that unusual things happen. Anybody like unusual? They're nice to read about, but when you see it, it's like, oh. (laughs) And and here's one of the reasons, because because there's always a whole lot of, and rightly so, judging that must take place not judging individuals judging what the manifestations are and there's always when things happen there's always people that get in the flesh and so you have to look at things and say okay is this the spirit of God or is this this person's flesh and sometimes people overreact to someone doing something wrong or someone doing something out of place a prophecy that was not God or they overreact to someone, you know, having some extreme physical manifestation. They go, well, that was kind of weird. And they back off from what God is doing. Say, what are you talking about? Well, so, so, some things, just uh, reading um, from the past, it, it's not uncommon when, when, when God's Spirit is moving for, at times, people to experience manifestations like, shaking where someone just starts shaking under the power of God maybe they're maybe they're laying on the floor shaking and people go well what is that but it's not uncommon and you look at different times through history it's not just one group of people where all of a sudden uh, isn't there a group called the Quakers well why were they called that Because of really some more unusual manifestations that gave them their name. You know that if you look back at some of the denominations that we have today that, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but many people consider, you know, kind of, kind of drying up, okay, some of the mainline denominations. You go back and look at some of, the, uh, some of what was happening in their, those churches a couple hundred years ago. And it was all about the move of God's Spirit. And people were being healed, and, and people, ha- people would fall out under the power, and people would, uh, you know, in evangelistic meetings, people would cry out, just wail, under heavy conviction that they were lost and needed to be saved. And there was just such a tangible presence in some of these things. That's why some of those denominations like you know John Wesley in, in, in starting the Methodist church and, and that's why they've gone so far around the globe they started in such an amazing move of God and people would be filled with the spirit and, and some of these groups have gotten away from any kind of move of God uh, but I tell you what the Lord's the same the Lord's the same yesterday today and forever but uh, you know things that have happened throughout different moves different history like I you know people would fall out of course, we see that, and that's not uncommon in charismatic churches today. But you know that 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 goes way that goes way back. They gave it different names in the past. Now people call it being slain in the spirit or just falling out under the power. But sometimes God's spirit comes on people, and they just they're going down. Natural and the supernatural coming in contact with each other. Something's going to give, 
And, uh, but that's happened. That's not just a modern-day charismatic thing or uh, anything. No, these things have go all the way back to Bible. We're not going to teach on that right now, but all the way back to Bible days when those kind of things would happen. But all through the last couple thousand years, different times, these were manifestations. When God's Spirit would come on people, they couldn't handle it. Some of them fall out. They'd start shaking under their power. Some of them start jerking under the power. And, and it's easier to read about these things than it is to watch. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, you know, but when, when, when the Spirit of God is moving on you, but it wasn't uncommon for, for people to experience that, and they'd start dancing like a house of fire. People would start running around, and, and sometimes people, thought, I don't know if I really want that. Well, do you want God? Okay. Do you want God, and would it be okay if He moves on you or someone else to do that? See, what we can't be quick to do is just... Be quick to call every, everyone uh, in the flesh, even though there'll always be some things to judge. We can't be quick to say, oh, I don't want, that's not me. Well, obviously. Is it God, though? Is it the Spirit of God? And, I, and we know this. You judge things by the eventual fruit. You know, that's a very good sign. What's happening in that person's life? Are they cleaning their act up? Are they closer to the Lord than ever before? But uh, uh, people... Uh, at different times being stuck to the floor for hours when not only God's Spirit would come upon them, they'd fall out on the floor, but they couldn't get up. Couldn't get up. Stuck for a long time. People falling into trances, seeing into the, into the realm of the Spirit. People seeing the glories of heaven while they're still here on the earth. All kinds of things that, um, that happened in times past. Uh, of course, throughout history, there have also been the more normal supernatural events. When I say that, <laughs> like healings. You know, something that we can all expect at any given time. Uh, you know, deliverances and so, and so forth. I remember hearing from uh, Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, uh, year, years, years ago, as he would tell us stories about some of the meetings he had in, in, in the churches he pastored, how at times there were meetings when every single person in the church was healed. Not half of them, not they got a 50% healing, every single person would be healed 100%. I'm looking for something. Hmm. I'm looking for something. Not limited by a hard case. Not limited by something that's, well, they've had that for 30 years. Big whoop-de-doo. Uh, not limited by something that seems difficult. Some of you remember when uh, Joe Morris was here, and he talked about the time when uh, he, was in a, he was preaching in a Nazarene church. And he had a word of knowledge that someone had a, I think he said it was their knuckle. Someone's got a problem with a knuckle. And someone came forward, come to find out, uh, I think it was three fingers. Or Anyone remember the story? But basically, the fingers stopped at the knuckle. In other words, there were no fingers <laughs> beyond the knuckle. And he thought, oh, didn't know that's what it was. <laughs> Probably kind of hoping just had a little pain in the knuckle. <laughs> but he said, oh, it doesn't matter. That's what the Lord said. And he ministered to the person. And just like that, bing, fingers grew out. In, fr in front of everybody. In front of everybody. I'm looking. Hmm? I've seen some miracles. Seen some things. I'm looking for more. Yeah, I want to see some more people without fingers. Get their fingers back. Arms. Legs. Whatever. Amen. I remember him also talking about, not Joe, but Brother Hagin, uh, about times when they, they had they had services and he, he said there was some kind of some kind of flash and just like that every sinner who was in the place was instantly in the altar and some of them he didn't he didn't know how it happened it's supernatural because they were you know in pews and stuff and they didn't have time to come out so it was like a translation like the boat immediately being at the other side of the lake in Jesus ministry and all of a sudden, he said, some kind of flash, and they're all in the front, repenting, getting saved. Thought, I'm looking. <laughs> what? More. I, I, just let God be God. 
and let them change lives in supernatural ways. I'm all about giving a good argument. I think that, you know, Paul disputed with people at different times and, and presented a, a good case for the gospel. And we're, we are to deal on, a, on an, intellectual, an intellectual level to some degree. But we cannot limit the move of God to what we can figure out. Cannot limit things. We're, we're just going to have words. No, power, glory, God manifesting himself in ways that we kind of go, Ur. and we go, wow, look at that. Amen. I want to experience some things because I know, and I have already, but listen, again, I know many of you have. More. More I see, more I walk in, the more I'm a vessel to give it away to somebody else. You can't give what you don't have. You remember the, you know, the disciples in the gate beautiful, the man begging, looking to receive something from him, from them. They said, look on us. And he went on to say, you know, silver and gold we don't have right now, but such as we do have, we give you in the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk. Grab them. He had something to give. I want to have something to give. You want to have something to give? What are you looking for? It's available. It's there. It exists. Not talking about a moon made of green cheese. This is reality. These things exist. And if they're there, I can have them. Praise God. I remember uh, a time being at a, a seminar there in one of those meetings in Tulsa. And I was sitting in a, in a, in a section. Uh, it was actually on the on the platform in this section where they had the orchestra pit but there was a bunch of us and they had rows of seats in there and uh, we were just sit sitting there and well actually we were, we were standing at this point and uh, Brother Hagen was was walking past and ministering whatever teaching and he comes over to this section it kind of just goes like goes like that and said something you know be blessed or something like that and it, what happened is I'm standing here and it was literally a wave came and knocked half of the people down. They never touched them. Half of the people, and they didn't fall into each other because it was backwards into the seats. Half the people fell down and I was right on the edge. And it always stands out in my mind because it literally a wave of God's power hit half of my body. And I went, woo! <laughs> I thought, praise God. And all those people went, and I was in the staff, the half that stayed up. But I thought, that's pretty nice. I'm looking. <laughs> Come on now. Power of God. You know, you can read about some di different things that are happening. Uh, you know, things are, these things are happening today. And they've happened throughout history. And, and God moves and just, ama just amazing things that are not necessarily your normal church service. So that's what I mean by not normal. And not necessarily, listen, not necessarily promised that it would happen everywhere to every person. Not talking about claiming a promise here. Just talking about being open to, to the Lord moving and doing things. And then what happens can be very diverse and very unique and very interesting. But yet it leads people to the Lord causes the, the, the Christian who's kind of been dried up to all of a sudden have a new fire and walk closer to the Lord than ever before. All of a sudden, they're winning others to, 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 to Jesus that they wouldn't necessarily talk uh, to before. Amen. Let me show you a few scriptures. I'm going to go ahead in a different part of my message here and go to Acts chapter 2. Praise God. Acts chapter 2. We must allow for and even expect events and manifestations that we can't rationally explain. Yeah. Not talking about checking our brains at the door. Not talking about not using our brains, you know, and thinking. God wants us to think. Okay. But talking about believing in supernatural stuff. Expecting the supernatural. Seeing the invisible. 
Amen. Acts 2.22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. What did Jesus operate in? Miracles, wonders, and signs. Okay, here's a side note to this. Notice it said God did through him. Do you know that when we say Jesus healed the sick, Jesus opened the blind eyes, Jesus raised the dead, do you know that in reality, what was it? It's the exact same as how he moves through you or how he moves through me. Okay, if, if you were to say that I healed someone, usually we jump all over that and say, oh, no, no, it wasn't us. And that's, and that's correct, but it's the same language that's used about Jesus. Okay, it was God moving, the Father moving through Jesus because he was operating as a man. So God moved through him. He's still doing the same things today. But what, what did Jesus operate? Miracles, wonders, and signs. It, it wasn't just, how many know it wasn't just healings? Otherwise it would have just said healings. Miracles, wonders, and signs. Okay, let's look at uh, the 43rd verse. He sa- it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. What happened? Many wonders and signs. Well, what were they? Well, it doesn't say. It just tells us many wonders and signs were done. Does it make you curious? Should. Look at Acts chapter 5. And we do, get, we do have an account in the book of Acts of some of the supernatural events that were taking place. Gives us a real good picture as some of the things we can expect. But I'm saying there were a whole lot of things that were not described in Jesus' ministry, remember the, at the end of the book of John, it said if everything that he had said and done were written in books, there wouldn't be enough room to contain them in all the world. Not enough books to contain all these things. In other words, what we have as a record of what Jesus did, that's what we are to see, but we're supposed to realize at the same time that it's only a drop in the bucket of what he accomplished and what he did during those uh, few years of ministry that he had. Man, the guy... The Lord Jesus, he operated on such a supernatural level. He had miracles happening morning, noon, and night. And he's our example. And he said we can do the same things. And greater works. Acts 5 and verse 12. It says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. What did they operate in? Signs and wonders. Now, it does mention the apostles there. They were very much used. But how many know it wasn't just the apostles in this book that were used of God? Okay. There were others you can read, actually, in Acts chapter 6 gives us some of those. But here's one, Acts 6, verse 8. Acts 6 and verse 8. And Stephen. See, Stephen wasn't an apostle. Uh, It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. What were they? Well, it doesn't tell us. I guess you had to be in the meeting. Pays to go to church, doesn't it? (laughs) What what happened? I'm not telling. (laughs) You had to be there. And sometimes I think you might go, you know what? No. I just can't, I can't, I can't explain this one. <laughs> you had to be there. You might just misunderstand what was going on. But Stephen did many signs and wonders. He was not an apostle. He just had faith. Many signs and wonders. Okay, Acts 8. Acts chapter 8. just want to give you a few of these. So you can realize this was a constant theme of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, of which we are the same church. Acts 8 and verse 13, it says, Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, 
he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing miracles and signs which were done. So we're talking about things that you can see, aren't we? Well, God does miracles in the hearts of people. Well, certainly he does do internal heart level miracles, but they also were able to see the miracles. Praise God. Praise God. Look at Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And verse 3. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word, with word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So we can see also that in many circumstances, these signs and wonders are done through people. Sometimes I think we get together and God will just do something in a, in a, in a, in a, in a gathering. But many times it's done through another person. This takes me back to where Jesus you know, said, if, you, if, you'll, if you'll believe, you'll see the glory of God. And this is our personal responsibility where we're going to believe for these things. Let me give you one more. Uh, Romans chapter 15. Praise God. Romans chapter 15. And verse 19. 15. 19. It says, In mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to that other place, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Amen. But notice again, how did he preach it? In mighty signs and wonders. And again, let me reiterate this same thought. Most of the time, we don't get a full explanation of what all the mighty signs and wonders are. Do you know that sometimes God will do things, now hold on to your seat, that are not in the Bible? Okay. Listen, if it contradicts the Bible, we refuse it. But there are things that God will do at times that there's not necessarily a scriptural precedent that, it ha- that it's going to happen that way. Okay? Now, everybody listen to me. Okay, because we're word people. We look for scriptures. And I'm not going to pray for something or believe for something unless I see it in the word. But in the midst of experiencing God and the move of His Spirit, there will be things that happen that I think that I don't have an exact instance where it happened just like that before. Does that mean I just resist it altogether? No. If it's contrary to the Word, I I don't want it. If it doesn't magnify the Lord, I don't want it. If it doesn't draw a person closer to Him, I don't want it. But excluding those issues, I want it. That God will do things at times, and it might be just unique. Might be just different than ever before. And it could still be God. Praise God. I remember hearing the story about that woman who was in some churches, you know, they have like an altar up in the front. And uh, I haven't really been in a church that has that. I guess they're wide enough to walk on and stuff. And anyway, hearing about this woman who was uh, in service, and they were worshiping God and she, or, or something, and she started dancing on the altar, you know, dancing on the altar and with her eyes closed. And she would dance to the end of the altar with her eyes closed the whole time and, and, uh, and bow back. And I guess some other stuff was happening in the service. She would dance to the end of the altar, eyes closed, stop right at the right time, and go back. And she's just worshiping God, dance, Spirit of God's on her. Dance to the end of the altar and go back. And then dance to the end of the altar and go beyond the end and stay in the air. And then go back. And then go to the end and dance out in the air. She never knew it. But other people did. (laughs) What's happening here? 
What precedent did Jesus have for walking on the water? Where's that promised? You know, what about the multiplication of loaves and fish? I mean, I have a promise that I can just do that per se. But there are signs and wonders that happen that there's not necessarily a precedent for. But it's definitely supernatural. Amen. And I say, let's look for more. Let's look for more. To what end? Man, so people's lives are changed. So people's lives are touched. More people are lifted out of despair. Hurt and pain and sin and poverty and all kinds of junk. Jesus is glorified. Amen. Let's all stand up. Father, we glorify you tonight. Hallelujah. Let's just take a few moments here. Let's just wait upon the Lord. Let's look to Him. Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for the Spirit of God who is here, who's in our midst, who's among us. So mighty you are. So outstanding you are. Lord, you're the, you're, you're the Almighty God, the supernatural one, the greater one. And Lord, we look to you for help, for strength. Lord, we, we desire our eyes to be open. Lord, we desire to see what we haven't seen, to understand what we haven't understood. Lord, we desire whatever it takes as far as a touch from you so that we can touch somebody else in a more powerful, in a more effective and long-lasting, fruitful way. So we thank you for your divine presence your Holy Spirit and the power of God that's available to every one of us. Lord, you're so good to us. Praise God. Thank you for abundance. Thank you for more, more of you. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise.